Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we realize it's already July and we Ooh, haven't made July our latest podcast. Luckily, all of you have been busy celebrating the 4th of July, too. <laughs> and no one has sent us any nagging emails yet, but we thought we'd better get going. <laughs> it's time for the RV Navigator podcast. But we've been having too good of a time with 4th of July and being around the big city at, in the holiday time and in the summer. And the weather has been terrific and... Who wants to sit and make a podcast? Oh, well, of course we do, because we have many loyal listeners, and we are over the 500 mark, so we very much appreciate you all listening. We will try to make this show very exciting. We want to thank you for uh, sending in your rig photos. We have added a couple to the website this month, and uh, so many great comments have come in also. Based on comments from last month, I will now be not putting in the transitions between segments of the podcast. Too cute, huh? But people seem to like Level Eater, so that's good news. We'll that, stay uh, with that. The sound of the podcast is actually better, and that we can shout and scream, and Level Eater will make us all the same volume. Sound level. professional, knowledgeable, and And we try proficient. to be professional, absolutely. Well, we've been kind of sitting around home in this last month. Which is partly why we didn't get around to doing an RV podcast, because we're not <laughs> like, thinking about RVing very much well, at the moment, although we we've just We've been spent working hard on our RV. Three delightful nights in our RV. We'll be telling you about all of our adventures with uh, installing various items in our RV in, uh, a little bit later after we get through with the... Oh, we want to do the contact information. We haven't had many calls on the listener comment line, but we want to remind you that if you have something to tell us, Please give us a phone message at 815-230-0772. Maybe you need a toll-free number. Well, it's almost toll-free. It's 815. <laughs> <laughs> Not 800, but... And these days, any the, traveler has tons of minutes. Tons of minutes on their cell phone, so they can easily afford to give us a little call here. And, you know, if you'd like to give us a review of some product, that would be great, too. Um, I've been trying to bug some people about maybe sending us, uh, you know, a review of something that you like or a campground that you like or a destination that you like, something that we could incorporate into the podcast so that everybody could listen. And we've heard from Ireland and Australia this year, this uh, past month. So, boy, we have listeners around the world. Very cool. Somebody actually sent me an email and wanted to know uh, about uh, how smaller RVs that they could import from the United States into uh, Europe. And this was into Ireland, really, I believe. Oh. Which would be very interesting, <laughs> and exactly why you'd want to do that with. Well, maybe they don't like the selection that's available to them there. Yeah, well, I'm just thinking that. about that blog that I was following, where a camp a yeah. family had yes. imported a motorhome into Europe sure to do a nice. Europe trip, and they had a lot of issues with fitting, well, not yes. ma- matching, yeah. and the propane fill wasn't and I, right. And, and I mentioned that to the listener, and uh, hopefully they took it to heart. But their issue was is that they could only Im- import an RV that was 
101 inches wide, oh. and ours are all like 102 inches wide. Yeah, so it yeah was just they have a little some narrow off, roads in Ireland, as we well know. Yes. So um, some of the news in the um, what's new in RVing is our next topic here, and we want to talk a little bit about <laughs> actually t- two ends of the spectrum here. We have the coolest camper ever. Now, this is an extremely small RV trailer. And it looks like it does everything. And from the article, I haven't actually seen this, but it looks very cool. It's called the Go. And it can comfortably sleep four and carry all of your kayaks, canoes, bikes, ATVs, motorcycles, and other toys. It can be towed by just about anything because it's so small and light. And what we mean is very small so that it really could be towed by almost any vehicle. This super spacious. Well, not to you. (laughs) Um, with its hyper-engineered aluminum frame, weighs only 700 pounds and, co- and can haul up to 800 pounds of gear. You could pull it on the back of your bicycle. Yes, you probably could. And it pops up and it starts with a 24 feet of lockable waterproof gear storage. And it will carry your kayaks and canoes and they will store them securely. And then you can sleep in the, dumb th- in the thing immediately after all that. I don't know how it works. But if you're interested in kind of an all-purpose, do I'd like it all. to see one. I'd like to see. Well, we'll have even to go to when I read the description, we tried to I go to as visualize. many camping shows as we can. The list price on this puppy is uh, about eight thousand dollars. It was hard now, to visualize how it could do so many different things in that little space. And it can be found at Sylvian Sport. It's S Y L V A N Sport dot com. And of course, I will have the link on the show notes. But in case you're too anxious, you could just click on that and. Uh, and head right over to look at it. I don't know. Looks like something that somebody might really like um, if you're interested in carrying a, a, a mini toy hauler. Well, versatile and easy on the gas mileage. And then we move to the other end of the spectrum. Where we have Hollywood's entertainment tonight. Oh, that is a, no, no, no. You can't answer the question. Oh, what do Brad Pitt, Matthew McConaughey, Sean Penn, and Colin Farrell all have in common? I can't imagine. They're all famous actors. They're all hunks. And they all have custom-built airstreams. They all—they all are RVers and have custom-built airstreams. I think it's one of those things that uh, really uh, is kind of a status symbol to have a, an airstream that's been customized. Brad Pitt's is named the Love Sub. <laughs> How apropos! <laughs> but it only sleeps six, so when Angie has her twins, it's not going to be big enough for his family anymore. Oh no! I think airstreams are kind of passe, but. And Matthew Mahonic McConaughey's costs eight eighty thousand bucks, and he currently lives there with his current with his pregnant girlfriend. But at the other end of the scale, where I was really going, <laughs> you brought up this tawdry subject. Oh, was the new on Mar- the cover of, of uh, Motorhome magazine, the veranda on the country I've often, coach. I've often wondered what I would want in a motorhome besides what our current motorhome has. And Country Coach has asked that question. What would get me to sell my motorhome and buy a new one? I think it's kind of snooty. <laughs> Very snooty. It is a veranda that folds down from the middle of your coach and you can live on it. So where you might have a slide out coming out of your coach, the floor come of the veranda comes down and it has nice strong railings. 3,000 3, pounds worth of people can stand on your little balcony. <laughs> So it's, it looks to me like it's about three feet 
it, that it extends, and it has then glass sliding doors that provide over eight feet of uh, passageway out to your veranda. Talk about decadent. So you can enjoy the outdoors without getting your feet muddy. <laughs> and, of course, it has an awning and the piece de resistance. The HDTV <laughs> that pulls out from the wall. 37 inch, you push the button and <laughs> out comes the TV from the wall. You never need to leave your coach at all. Oh, boy, is that cool. I don't know how much that costs, but Country Coaches uh, has really made an innovation here, and I'm sure that too many people will be copying it. Wow, instead of a slide. Anyway, take a look at that uh, on the website. That's the opposite end of the... Probably probably one of the panels costs more than this uh, Go Trailer. Go Trailer? <laughs> Will I ever have one? No. Will my wife ever let me have one? No. I'm not that snooty. Well, you might well you know, we really like balconies when we cruise, because when you're on a cruise, yeah. your balcony overlooks the sea, but... When you're in a campground, we're lucky to get in a place where our satellite dish works, much less find a, well, a but parking just, space now, wait a minute, where Doc. we're not looking at the RV even next to us. Even in semi-nice campgrounds where they have, you know, you got the trees and the living, and it's nice. You can so barbecue on this I'll thing. I'll get you my can lawn chair, sit out go there. out the door, and sit there. But it would be cooler to have a... Uh-huh. All you it need would is, be. All you need is money. Yeah. It would be very cool to have this thing that you could go out and sit on your veranda. Plus, this thing of the opening, it would provide for the inside lots of light. It also has, of course, full shades that go over it. But eight feet of doors that would, you know, floor-to-ceiling windows that would really brighten up the inside of your coach. <laughs> I, I'm not sold. Oh, no. Well, dear readers or listeners, maybe you should be sending me some ways that I can sell this to my wife. And send him some money, too. <laughs> well, just for the fuel. That's the only thing we need money for because we probably couldn't afford to run it. Country so coaches we'll just... are not econo boxes either. I uh, know. That's what I was mentioning. It's kind of at the other end of the scale. So that's, that takes, t- takes care of what's new in RVing. We want to talk a little bit about some websites that you might like to take a look at. Trailer Life Magazine. No, not the Trailer they have Life a new directory. website. They've launched a new website, and uh, it seems to be much more modern than their old one. And they've made many more things much cheaper. Um, as a matter of fact, you can... Uh, Look at all the resources, RV links, the glossary, tech and maintenance information, uh, RV sales, and you can take uh, and you can use that for free now. They call it the ultimate RV travel website, including their direction finders, and you can look at the blogs and photos and journals and forums um, and the personal profiles of the people who have put up their information, and uh, it might be a nice place to to uh, share RV information with uh, your, the community of RVers. So take a look at that. Uh, once again, I will put the link up on our website and so that you can just make it a click away. And then, of course, we want to talk about uh, <laughs> a topic which is hot on everybody's mind, I would say, and that is... The price of gas. Well, and how to find the price of gas, because we're going to look at Gas Buddy and at the Ilk. Yeah, there are other sites besides Gas Buddy where you can do Do you know of any right offhand? Isn't there an MSNBC one? Really? I think so. Mm. Where you like type in your zip code and it tells you stations that are around you and what the gas is selling for. Exactly. Do they do diesel too? Oh, yes. I've only looked for gas. Gas Buddy is very cool because um, it has almost live reports about the price of fuel in various uh, destinations that you might be headed for so that you can see if it's worth it to fuel up at home or to fuel up on the road or exactly where on the road to fuel up. 
I would say this is most useful in metro areas where there are many gas stations because you can waste a lot of gas driving to the cheap gas station <laughs> to buy the cheap. Yeah, gas. yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, I think we use it as we travel between states to kind of see you which know, state we should the, shop. The biggest thing for in. us is the states. But like as we found, Elkhart uh, is very expensive whereas compared you, to other parts of Indiana. Whereas you travel to other parts of Indiana, it's much cheaper. Do the little research. And we bought gas for three dollars and ninety-seven cents. A true bargain. In Indiana. And we don't buy it in Illinois. No. Because it's too expensive. And we know that kind of from experience, but Gas Buddy would confirm and to help us make decisions for other states. We understand that South Carolina is inexpensive. The cheapest in the union, that they said on the radio. Oh, and where else? California was the most, but I think it's really Alaska and Hawaii. Hawaii yeah, but, but they don't count because nobody goes there. Nobody can drive there. <laughs> nobody can drive there anymore anyway. Okay. So we'll, we'll put those two websites up. Uh, those are great websites for our viewers to take a look at. News about RVing. USA Today, you remember last month, I think they had an article about this. And I was drawn to this article, which was on the front page of the USA Today on July 1st. And this article um, featured a couple sitting in front of their RV, a couple by the name of the Purdue's. And it says, for many, golden years mean less travel and more work. Oh, and this is uh, kind of sad because they have their... 37-foot RV. And they've been retired for a while and full-timing for a while, and so this is a sudden change in their lifestyle when the gas is so expensive that they feel like they can't move on down the road um, or they have to move on very slowly. And uh, it does it does give us pause, too, because exactly. certainly our retirement goals are travel-oriented either in the RV or with an airplane, and every time you turn on the news, the news is terrible. So you wonder where this is going to go. I do still have very vivid remem- memories, though, when Jimmy Carter was president and we yes, had sir. a gas shortage and people were lined up around the block trying to wait for the gas. And, and I remember thinking then, oh, I'm never going to get to retire and travel, and uh, lo and behold, things turned around. So fingers crossed, but right now it certainly doesn't look very good. And for people like us who travel when we want to or decide that it's worth the money to us um, are in a good position, but people who are full-timing have to move with their motorhome every so often, and certainly people who commute to work are in a horrible bind as well. Yeah, living in your RV can be uh, expensive these days, and we certainly are seeing that uh, based on this article all about baby boomers having to go back to work because they need the uh, the money to buy gas, and that's... Uh Something I guess our world is changing, and I. Uh, well, I guess it's not just the gas too; it's everything that goes up in price it, yeah. because of the cost of transportation. Yep. So Walmart, here we come. Ooh. The baby boomers head to Walmart. We'll be greeters. We'll be greeters. Okay. Well, they'll be shopping there too. But uh, the question is, uh, will the price of fuel come down? It doesn't look like it right now. The USA Today. They also had an article about. Uh, the fact that the run-up in price of fuel is based on uh, speculators and the fact that speculation is causing uh, the the rash of money that's coming into the oil hedge funds as a result of speculators is right, making the price go up dramatically. And it kind that, of feels like the housing bubble, yeah. that it'll burst again. Yes, I really am confident that the price of oil will come down. They estimated that without speculation and without the devaluation of the dollar, that fuel prices would be $60 a barrel rather than what is currently $145 a barrel. 
So with that, you know, you just cannot imagine that demand has gone up, has spiked that much in the last six months. I mean, we've seen almost a 50% increase in the price of diesel in the last six months. And you read about all the Chinese and Indians that can afford cars that never could before, but but they can't afford this expensive gas any more than we can. Yeah, and not only that, well, but some countries are actually keeping... Artificial artificial prices. But even so, the demand has not gone up that much. As as you know, the price of the United States, the demand for the United States has actually gone down. So we should should be seeing prices going down. And I think that as soon as uh, there are other viable uh, investments around, that money will flow out of oil into these other investments, like mortgages, and the price of oil will come down. Let us pray. The RV Navigator speaks. Let's get those prices down so we can get back to business and quit have to worry about whether we're going to fill up. But surprisingly, even though the price of gas is high, and we hear on the news a lot about staycations, a lot of people took staycations for the 4th of July weekend, uh, we were surprised to read that uh, rental RVing um, rates are going up. So people are still enjoying the lifestyle, and for that special family trip, it's worth their while to rent an RV, which makes the trip even more expensive. I think people are kind of hedging their bets here. You know, Rather than uh, committing to buying one. We were just in Elkhart uh, this past week, uh, not doing the RV Navigator podcast. Instead, we were traveling. Elkhart is kind of a ghost town because, unfortunately, they almost every RV company, and as you remember, our Elkhart is the hub of the RV universe in terms of uh, manufacturing. manufacturing. That every RV country, company has laid off massive numbers of, of workers. We, our coach is a, is a Newmar, and Newmar has laid off over fifty percent of its workforce. Monaco has laid off forty percent, and of course, there have been numerous bankruptcies uh, because dealers are not taking delivery of new new RVs. And, but and we were also told that the trade-in price of used oh, RVs yes. has really gone on the toilet as well. Yes. So if you're thinking of buying. <laughs> that would be a good time to, to buy. To buy a used one. <laughs> they also, at the same time, say that the number of rentals is up over 20% this year, which is very interesting because people are obviously not going to buy, but they still see value in camping because yeah, camping is, still is, so is reasonably yeah. priced as long as you don't travel too far. Um, and so that their bookings of, of rentals, according to the article that we're looking at here, this survey, is actually uh, up dramatically. So that's... Uh, an indication that there's a strong interest in RVing, but but uh, people are just playing, hesitating to buy because, I assume, because of the gas prices. And the question comes... Um, Would you buy a motorhome <laughs> today? Our original intention was to buy a motorhome this year. Right. And we, due to circumstances, if you followed the podcast for a while, you know that uh, we, we actually stumbled bought. upon a great deal. And so we're going to reflect for a minute here on uh, one year of ownership of our Dutch Star Motorhome and uh, what we've learned and the accomplishments that we've made with it, um, how it's traveled and whether we like it. And well, it's certainly very comfortable to be in, yes. um, both when we're on the road and when we finally get to where we're going. Uh, it gives us a lot of room for all the toys that we like to bring with us and I don't feel so cramped in terms of putting things away and we don't we aren't sitting on top of each other mm-hmm. all the time uh, so it's very the lifestyle is very appealing and 
and I'm glad we have it in that regard. But I don't know if I would buy one today because I would be nervous about yeah. the prices. Uh, I, I, and I certainly enjoy driving it more than I did the fifth wheel. And having a car on the back has been no problem uh, in terms and of... And a lot more pleasant once we get there before yes. we had a, a truck and a fifth wheel. And, I mean, the truck certainly got us places once we were uh, camped and the trailer was unhitched. But... It's big and it's it was expensive to drive once we got there and less convenient to park. So I like to- towing a smaller vehicle behind our motorhome better. So although we have put a few scratches on this guy, <laughs> getting in and out of places uh, due to my ineptitude of backing and, oh, and driving it. Oh, you've done quite well. Uh, well, quite well is not good enough. <laughs> it's not perfect. Well, if you wanted it to be perfect, you'd have to leave it in a garage. Yeah, my feeling is let's drive it and we'll fix whatever problems we have but overall you know i love driving it and it's been a great experience from from that point of view um you're up nice and high and the engine's way in the back and so you don't have any wind noise or you don't have any engine noise and the wind noise is very minimal and the huge glass windows are very nice to look out of and enjoy the scenery as we go by and it's just very easy to drive and it feels a lot like having a second home, but the main appeal to me is it's a second home that can be wherever I feel like being at that particular moment. And as we've been home this summer, we've been um, doing some fix-up projects around our stick-built house and some fix-up projects around our motorhome. And, and somebody really asked me, what's a stick-built house? Oh, a, ho- a home with a... Permanent home. A permanent home. Built out of... Sticks. <laughs> Pieces of wood. <laughs> and mud. <laughs> so if you... And mud. <laughs> mud well, huts. we're going to be living in a mud hut <laughs> if the price of fuel keeps going up. <laughs> a stick-built house is just kind of slang for a house that is uh, built on site as opposed to one that might be hauled there or prefab or something like that. And maybe we're just putterers, but it seems like even after owning our Dutch Star for a whole year, we're not quite done with making it perfect the way we, <laughs> we want, want it, it to be inside. Um, we, When we were in Elkhart, we stopped at our favorite Amish carpenters and ordered some extra little storage cabinet Pictures things. to follow and, on the uh, 10 o'clock news. And Ken's been working on our TV replacement, which I'm sure he will have lots more to say about. And, and we're still changing things and remodeling. So other than the fuel, what are the negatives? It's too big. Large when, size. Um, when you're driving, it's too big. But you're not driving. No, and that's a problem, too. <laughs> but you wouldn't drive the other one either. Yeah, that's still a problem. I would own a Class B if I was driving. <laughs> and we'd be very cramped and have no storage space at all. And I would have a 49-footer yeah, yeah. if there was such a thing. With a veranda. So we've compromised on a 40-foot. <laughs> but I don't drive. But you don't drive. It works for us. Yep. And uh, I, I've gotten several emails, people asking me questions, you know, um, what should they do? And, and, you know, I can only tell you what we do and what our impressions are. We're happy to talk with you, but I can't make decisions for other people. And I cannot really be unbiased because we, uh, we've done what we've, you know what we've done. And it's... Uh, we like what we like. We, yeah. But one of the things I can positively say is is that you need to fit the vehicle to your lifestyle. And that's one of the things we have done over the years. But our lifestyle has changed now, and I think this vehicle fits our lifestyle the best right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we started up in a tent 40 years ago, 
when we started in our blue Coleman tent oh, yeah. 40 years ago, that was the right thing for us to do at that time because we wanted to see a lot of territory and not pay much money. We only had we a car. We didn't have any money. Right. And uh, we went from that to a Class B high-top van camper. Conversion van, yeah. Conversion van. And then we went to a small box trailer. Box trailer. And then we went to a... Uh, Family fifth wheel with fifth no, wheels, slides. no slides. Yeah, that was before the days of slides, but it was kind of a, a just ordinary fifth wheel trailer. And then we went to the Montana and ending up in retirement where we spend six or six months or so in our RV into a 40-foot um, diesel pusher. So, you know, it depends on where you are in your life and what you what your aspirations are. We like to travel, and one of my goals is to make my living experience on the road as much like it is at home. Very so we don't really miss uh, having the home. And then the question is, as somebody asked me in an email, People ask these poignant questions. I can't believe it. Why do we have a home? <laughs> oh, because we, it's nice to have roots. That's where our, our family is and uh, some of our dear old friends from way back when. Uh, I still like to have a little garden. And we have more stuff here. Yeah, I'd have to throw away too much. It would be too heart-wrenching. So we just keep them both. So uh, that's our philosophy. And would we buy the motor home this year? If I would have hesitations. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I do poo-poo the, the fuel thing, but we just filled it up from three-quarters to full, and it was $250. <laughs> that, was, that was in a cheap state. Yeah, that was only 50 gallons, I think. Yeah, and if we'd waited till this year, we probably could have gotten a much cheaper used one. But, you know, you got to think about that. If you're getting a much better deal, if you're buying a new one, you know, if you get it at $10,000 less cost i think i mentioned this last month but you can you, buy a lot of gas you can buy a lot of a lot of fuel for that uh, that uh, lower price and now on to the main topic of today's discussion it is that, yeah tv replacements well everybody's interested in tv replacements okay even you were a trusted assistant in this project. Well, that's because I wanted it to be as pretty as it was before we started when we got done. Uh-huh. And you oh, careful overseeing of the construction. Well, it's not done yet. You know the scenario, and you're probably in the midst of this, but some, some of you with Scotties and other things don't care, or if you have one of these Go trailers. Or without in a your TV. stick house, it doesn't matter very much either. Well, it does. If you get over-the-air TV... You need to have a new TV that that will pick up the digital channels. But the problem is that most TVs in RVs are built in, and the built-in is for the old form factor of the old-fashioned squarish kind of TV, and the new ones are all much more rectangular, and they don't fit in that built-in space anymore. And unless you have fabulous carpentry skills, which da, neither, da, da, da. neither one of us do, uh, you have a problem. So, so number one was getting the old TV out without destroying the cabinetry and ripping big holes in the ceiling. So remember, there'll be lots of pictures about this on the website so you can see the smiling faces of your friendly re installers. Your TV installer. But the bottom line here was that uh, we have to replace the two TVs that were, came built into our motor coach uh, when it was built at the factory because it was a 2004 and they put nice Sony TVs in but they were not digital and so it, it come February they're not going to be able to receive any over the air signals I mean literally they will be blank 
so uh, I've decided rather than putting in boxes, which I've which I've talked about before, I was just going to replace them. Now this is more of a physical process rather than an electronic process, and one of my criteria was is that I want to do it as economically as possible. Because while we were at our favorite cabinet maker in Elkhart, he was there busily building TV, rebuilding the rebuilding, whole front cabinet part, over the driver. Exactly, and, the and that's side. one of your options is to have that whole cabinetry. Beautiful over, work, but beautiful work. Big buckaroos. Our TV, we had a 26-inch Sony above the the driver's compartment, and that TV um, had to come out. And not only was it uh, very heavy. But it was kind of uh, an eyesore, too. And the new one is so much lighter, I can pick it up by myself. Exactly. I did some research, and and if you're thinking about doing this, be sure to look at the forums that deal with your particular brand of RV, whether it's uh, a travel trailer or whether it's a fifth wheel or whatever. And you'll see people who have done this already. And uh, I will post pictures about what I've done, but it's fairly, I don't know how specific it is. but uh, So you need to find the screws that hold it in. Now, mine and the fascia on the frame that went around the TV, uh, there were no screws. So I had to go into the cabinet on the side. I found the screws and took them out, and that released the wood, oak wood frame that was around the TV. Fortunately, that was not holding in the TV. <laughs> But I knew that because I'd read it. But there was a metal bracket. Once the frame was off, there was a metal bracket which actually held the TV in. And the TV came out fairly easily. Yeah, it wasn't bad. But be careful because it weighed 80 pounds and it takes two people probably to lift it out. Have a strong friend. And probably not your wife. (laughs) Here, hold this for a while, honey. I had my next door neighbor, a buddy of mine, and we we lifted that 80-pound Sony out of there, and then there's this big blank space. A good place to put shoes. Is that what we're going to use this for? No, you went and bought another TV. Well, but it has lots of space behind it. Anyway, um, and then you're confronted with this empty space, and unfortunately, uh, this space... Uh, was made mostly out of sheet metal with covered covered with vinyl, so it really wouldn't um, was not conducive to holding another heavy TV. Because my idea was to get an arm, you know, an articulated arm, meaning that it had several pivot points, and so that it could be you could mount the TV on the arm, and it would come out and swing around. But I needed something to mount the TV arm onto. Why did you want it to swing around? How do you get back into the cabinet to in order to it. attach the TV? Mm-hmm. That was the See, problem. This is a big problem. So and they do sell a lot of those arms now because people are using them in their tons homes. Tons of them, tons of them, right. So that was easy to find. And we had used an arm in our fifth wheel, and we used it uh, on our LCD TV for over two years. And it was in the very back corner of our RV. Of the trailer, and it took a lot of rocking and shaking. And that puppy was it screwed into well. the wall. Uh, with anchors, and it never moved. No, it was, it was uh, great. And I had still had that mount, and my intention was to use that mount. I had to first build a mounting plate in the back of the old TV cabinet, and that took some doing, but uh, we put a piece of plywood back there and some um, some supports and screwed it into the side wall, and, and uh, it seems to be very stable. So I put a piece of plywood that covered virtually the whole back of the TV cabinet about four or five inches in from the very back. 
Now when you look at the, into the TV cabinet, there is a piece of plywood. Piece of plywood. It looks like it's just screwed in, but just in actuality solid. it took us, uh, we had to put some supports and things back there to make sure. So that was not too hard. And then I was going to use our old TV mount, but as I found um, the 32-inch TV that I bought, which was a Vizio, um, had a different pattern for the holes to mount the TV on. And of course you have to use the holes because they're the strong points on the chassis so that even though the, the LCD TV doesn't really weigh an awful lot, it still has this problem that it... Uh, you have to put the screws put, where yeah, the holes are. Yeah. And so I thought I would use that one in the back TV. So, so I ordered a new mount. Now the mount... <laughs> cost as much as the TV. <laughs> the mount was about $200. But the nice thing is, is it extended out 26 inches, and it collapsed, of course, because it was on a pivot. If you take a look at the website, you can look at the pictures. Uh, through the good graces of my wife, she was able to figure out how to put the mount into the cabinet so that the TV was centered in the hole. This was definitely a group project, that's, <laughs> that's for sure. Fortunately, the LCD TVs are fairly light, and it took us a while to, to put the the mount together. I don't know. It's, that was more complicated than I expected. Yeah. Well, you read the directions and you don't know what they're telling you. And they got all these pieces and stuff because it was kind of a universal mount that it would, that it would actually fit many different TVs and you would have to set it up in a different way depending on what your TV needed. And you couldn't visualize how it would sit yeah. until you actually did it. Which is nice because with a 26-inch extension, we could play around with it and take it off fairly easily. So it wasn't just a one-shot deal. And so, so now I have to dear Lister, out how the, to trim it out. Yes, one of, vinyl. one of the things that uh, you need to be very cautious about is make sure that the mount is matches your TV set, um, and of course, you know, matches the weight and, and that sort of stuff. This mount that we had would fit anything from a 26-inch to a 45-inch LCD TV. And so we're using it at the very low end of the scale. So it should be plenty strong enough, and it feels very substantial mm -hmm. as it's you put heavy. it in it. It weighs almost as much as, as the a TV. TV. Right. Um, and you might not need a 26-inch extension, but we just thought that that was the best thing to do. So you mount the... You then take the piece of plywood that we've mounted inside, we attach the base plate to it, and then you attach the other arm. base, the arm, to the TV set, and Voila. put them both together in the right spot, and as you push the TV into the old cabinet, the arm collapses. And it just covers up the whole and it covers space. Almost exactly. I mean, it's, it hangs out just about an inch on each side, which is almost perfect for us. Now, the other thing we did is make sure that the TV controls were accessible. So we bought a TV that had them on the, on on the, the side, side so, rather than in the back. Or on the top. Yeah. Because we wanted to be able to see them because it's up high. And I had no real dream that it would just stay there. So I took some very short but stiff bungee cords and I hooked them onto the plywood panel that the arm was mounted on and then mounted and then hooked them to the TV set. And three of those 
almost hold the TV tight against the cabinet. But not good enough. You know, no. as he goes around the corner, the arm kind of torques and the TV starts wandering out of its little case. And I don't really think it's going to fall down or do anything drastic, but... No, but as the, and it, and it won't come right. out very far because the bungee cords do... Yeah, but uh, that's not right. Well, we're working on that. Yeah, so it's not quite done. That worked out very well. And when you push the TV up against the old cabinet mount, it looks decent. Pretty much. And it's at the 32-inch. It's amazing that a 32-inch LCD will fit into a space that was designed for a 26-inch standard TV. And the bedroom TV was even easier. Of course. And and in between this project, while I was waiting for the mount to come, I put the TV. I bought a new TV for the rear also. And I was going to use the old mount. But because our TV is um, mounted above the washer dryer. washer dryer in the back, there's a huge compartment above TV set, which actually has another access panel, which I More was shoes. which I was able to squeeze into. <laughs> so there I am with our closet, squeezed through this door. But the nice thing is, is that I could uh, same sort of process for removing. And although uh, it's a much smaller TV, it was a not so heavy. I was very be able to replace the 19 inch with the 26 inch. And they had built a cabinet, and it had the oak frame around the outside. I took the oak piece off once again. And uh, the TV was mounted in there, and with some difficulty, I got the TV out. Then I had this big cabinet, which had a huge cavern behind it, uh, which had a separate access panel, which was very convenient. But I was able to take the new TV. Actually, I would have bought a smaller one, but it would have looked funny because the hole hole. wouldn't have filled the hole. So I I bought another, a 26-inch Vizio, and I brought it in from the back and pressed it up against the uh, wood pieces that were that held the frame before because they were nice wood too and now it's mounted on the rear of it and i used um, some fender washers and screwed them tight into the frame and held it from the back and it's very stable looks good so if somebody needs an articulated arm mount that's only slightly used (laughs) uh, let me know and i'll be glad to share it with you we're going to trim those out with a couple of pieces of wood. And the one in the back just needs a, a, little, piece of wood. a little piece of wood, a little piece of finished oak, and it will look fine. <clears throat> and the one in the front. Well, the rest of the cabinet is vinyl-covered metal, as Ken said, so I'm going to try to cover some foam rubber with vinyl and use it at the top and the bottom to trim it out. And I found these kind of plunger rubber things that are going to oh, hopefully yeah, hold the TV, them. if I can buy them, that I can that will hold the TV. The manufacturer tight. puts them on those TVs that people have in their slide-outs that they watch outside. Yeah, and they're, and they're rubber cushion-mounted, so that'll be nice. Or maybe even some Velcro or something would work okay, too. We will have to see and stay tuned to for... To stabilize it. Yes, stay tuned next month and we'll tell you the full story. I think we've already told people much too much. This isn't well, the thing Well, the, the thing to remember is, is that you can do it yourself. For the cost of the TV and an arm, I didn't have to spend any extra money, and it looks okay. Yep. It looks good. Yep. And it looks excellent, like it came with the RV. Almost. It? Oh, I try. Yes, it's not bad. We now have a 32-inch <laughs> in the front and a 26-inch in the back, which is pretty good. And in the middle? And in the middle, we have a 42 all we do is watch TV. <laughs> you think that's all we do. <laughs> um, I'm not worried about the heat generated by the front, even though it's enclosed, because LCDs don't have much heat. Yeah, there was the a lot of mess. creates the lighter fluorescent tubes, so I'm not worried about that too much. So that, I think, is something that will 
uh, not be a problem. <laughs> but we'll tell you that after it blows up. Please. But we will keep you posted. All right. So I guess that about does it for this month. We have uh, fulfilled our we've filled our time mm-hmm. and. Uh, that takes care of July. And I hope it's been interesting. It has been a very interesting month for us. And stay tuned for next month because we'll be talking about uh, some things we had done in Elkhart, including a new solar panel, as well as the follow-up on the TVs. And we hope to talk a little bit about uh, how to buy a camcorder and some of the latest adventures in the video world. And we'll be getting ready to hit the road. Getting ready to hit the road because we have made our reservations for... New England. New England. We're going to do fall colors in New England, leaving in mid-August. <laughs> and everybody says, well, there are fall colors yes we know but we're going to do cape cod and boston and then slowly head up see we're going to be doing this for months at a time to justify the high cost of driving and and this is really true when you're thinking about uh, traveling and from our house it's about a thousand miles out to boston which at uh 55 cents a mile is obviously going to be $550 in fuel. But once we get there, we're not going to be doing a lot of driving. And when you consider the amount that you'll be saving as a result of not um, staying in motels and eating in restaurants and things, I think it will still be economically viable to use our motor home. And just more comfortable. Well, it's better than staying in a motel as far as we're concerned. So I think if you travel, you know, you go the distance and then just kind of stay in the area, driving only a few hundred more miles, you'll be in good shape. Um, but, of course, we realize that families that have uh, two-week vacations doing the, the wild, the west yeah. in two weeks, is just or Washington, D.C. in a week, is just not uh, economically feasible these days. But if you can spend the time uh, and the leisurely lifestyle of the... The geezer pace. The geezer pace, you'll be in in good shape to uh, to take advantage of... Uh, low season rates and uh, not think things not being very crowded. Although we found New England to be the reservations, surprisingly, were absolutely necessary. But we'll keep you posted with that later. We'll talk about that next time. So, this is Ken, your RV navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. Wishing you happy travels and we hope we run into you down the road. And we hope to see you in a campground near us. Or we hope to be in a campground near you. In a veranda. In a veranda. Oh, yes, that would be fun. Talk to you later. Have a good week, a month.